Welcome to episode four of the Reach For More podcast. I'm your career mentoring host, Veronica Summer, and you have come to the place to be to become your most successful self and get some business inspiration. Looking at career challenges in 2020, I answer your questions right here every Sunday. Visit summertalent.com for your personal mentoring and to sign up to the membership and get exclusive access to video and audio guides and workbooks that will change the future of your career. This membership is all about making education accessible for every woman around the world, so please share it with anyone who needs it. Let's get started and rock your career. Today's topic is, should you quit your job? Special about today is that we have a special guest who will be joining us towards the end of this podcast. So if you're ready for a new job, then you are most likely not satisfied with the current situation. Before we look at the 10 steps you need to follow when looking for a new job, let me tell you a bit about why people even want to change their job and why you might want to rethink your motive for switching to another company. So before we dive into the things you should do, let's look at the main reasons why people quit their job. The top seven reasons for people wanting to leave where they work is, number one, their sense of usefulness. If we feel like we're not adding value to the world anymore, then most of us get frustrated. Differentiating between a general lack of interest and a depression, or if you really are just in a situation of not feeling of value anymore, is really important. I always recommend to try and put as much effort as you can into something. But if you reach that point where you don't feel appreciated or valued, then it's time to go. Number two, you have a bad boss. What a surprise. Most people quit because of their boss. One thing we still don't seem to understand is that leadership and management are two different things. We still have this way that we put a lot of managers in leadership positions. Managers that have generalist or management-focused education, which focuses on optimizing processes and numbers and not how to deal with people. So it's not surprising that those people have a hard time becoming good leaders. But let's not forget, your boss is just human too, and you can always have an honest, down-to-earth conversation with them. And you might be surprised that things actually can change. If you have a very toxic boss, though, then that is a, a whole different story, as discussed in an earlier podcast. And you are definitely going to want to follow the steps of how to deal with a toxic boss if you're in a situation like that. Number three... No or bad company culture. The company culture has a huge influence on atmosphere and the energy you are stepping into every day. It will influence the way you feel and the way you perform. The culture in general also has impacts on learning and development structures, payment structures, out-of-the-office activities, and if you work in a place that is gray and dark and they don't care about their people, then you most probably won't feel comfortable there for a long time. Lack of company culture can also have effects on communication and hierarchical structures. If you don't know anymore who is in charge of what and who has authority to give directions, you can feel lost very quickly. Number four, 
no room for development. If there is a lack of learning and development in your company, especially if you have been there for a while, you can easily get frustrated. Now, I think depending on what kind of company you work for, you might want to take the initiative. If you're working for a small company, they might just not have even thought about how they can develop their employees, but we'll be happy to support you if you approach them. Now, if the general attitude is that they don't care about your development in education, then you should definitely consider a change. Education and development are the reasons why we even live and progress. You don't want to be stuck in a place and not being able to reach your goals. Number five, burnout or bore out. Did you know which professions are proud to burn out? This is the top 10 list. I did some research for you guys. So the top 10 list starts with physicians who have a burnout statistic of almost 50%. Then the list goes on with nurses, social workers, teachers, school principals, attorneys, and public accounting and the fast food industry. And number 10, retail. Um, so retail is also prone to burnout with about 40%. And burnout is a word we have learned. Now, I'm sure past 10 years, but what does it actually mean? The typical symptoms of having a burnout are being tired all the time, lack of energy, lack of enjoyment, mental and physical exhaustion, lack of sleep because of carrying all the stress you experience during your day to bed or be before you go to sleep. Now, I'm sure you have all had this discussion before with friends or your family when someone drops out because of a burnout. And you might have thought, well, you know, I'm tired all day too. I don't have energy either and I go to work too. It's just, it is what it is and you need to suck it up. But you need to understand that there's a major difference. If you sit in front of a screen and your body actually cannot focus anymore, then you're experiencing a burnout. It is when, you're, when, when you don't have your body under control anymore. As long as you still have control over the situation and can push yourself through the next day, you might be noticing that things are not going right, but your body is still managing and handling the stress. So if you are one of those people that is feeling that way, but still thinks that they're strong enough to push through, great. But make sure that you take care of yourself and don't push it too far. Because at one point, your body will shut down and you will not have control anymore. And that is when a, a true burnout really starts. A bore out can cause same symptoms, weird enough, and even if we wouldn't think so. Now, I looked at some statistics, and I'm always surprised. I love to look at my statistics. Um, it's actually kind of funny to see that 50% of employees feel burned out, and 43% of employees feel bored out. So what's the problem? What? How is that even possible? Well, of course, it depends on the company you're working for, and we can't generalize this, but we all have realize this in many situations that some people work for two and some people don't even work for half a person. And as long as we keep on doing this um, and we don't value our own work and 
management doesn't know what true leadership means and how to balance between people that are overworking and underworking and distributing work properly, then nothing will change. So how could we find a balance? And, you know, what can leadership people do to actually find a balance between having people working too much or too less? Now, the dangers are that burnout people are usually already people that tend to not stand up for themselves and like to be a part of a bigger cause, not wanting to be the weakest link. They will try it as hard as they can to push themselves to their very limit to do as much as possible. The danger is that they most often will not notice themselves that they're burned out and be off work from one day to the next without warning. Now, with people that are bored out, they are more likely to realize that they don't have enough work and they might be frustrated with it, but they just don't see a chance or have a chance to get out of the current situation they are in right now, but they're more likely to realize what is going on. Now, if you're a good leader, you will recognize both. And what you have to know is that a burnout has an earlier expiry date than a bore out. It's easier to go on with a bore out for a longer time than with burnout because your body at one point will just shut down. Let's look a little bit more at the bore out because that can also, you know, cause you to be very unhappy at work and cause physical symptoms. Um, so a bore out can be measured by time or by tasks. So you can be bored with your tasks, although you have a lot of work, or you can be bored with time, meaning that you really like the things that you do, but you just don't have enough work in general. Now, how do you recognize a bore out? People that are bored out will usually try to comment on what they're doing all day. They will point out how much work they have, how important the projects are they're working on currently, and try to involve other people in their, into their work. Involving the wrong people is also very common for people that are suffering from a bore out, meaning they will try to tell all their colleagues what they're working on, but won't tell their boss because they know that there's a danger there that the boss will know that they actually are not doing enough and actually don't have enough work for their position. They might try to push themselves into a higher position to get recognition by a different title, because being bored out also then comes with this sense of uselessness. And sometimes we then try to compensate for it with thinking, you know, if we have a different title, then we might get more work because people will trust us more and it might just be a, a backdoor out of this situation. So you might think that you will feel more appreciated and valued if you have a bigger title. But let me tell you, and you probably know this, you won't. It will just put more pressure on you and more pressure on your bore out. Either way, all of this is toxic. Both burnout and bore out are not sustainable. Number six, salary and financial stability. It is actually surprising that this is not higher in the list. So the, it's the number six reason why people quit their job. We have known for a long time that usefulness and security are more important to many people than their salary. But still, only number six is pretty impressive. And although money is not the pressure point number one to quit your job, it is very often the number one criteria for taking a new job. We'll get to that later. 
Uh, number seven, benefits and rewards. When it comes to benefits and rewards, it really depends which country you're in. The U.S. has much more extensive benefit packages than most European countries. Your health insurance will be a part of your benefit benefit package in the States, where in the EU, you're insured all automatically with the state. That is not a benefit a company can offer you in the European Union. So quitting a job because of a benefit is not so likely in Europe, but might be more likely in other countries. With that being said, most people change their job because they don't feel a value and they don't have a good boss. Those are top number two reasons. So why do so many people end up in jobs they don't like over and over and over again? Because their motive to change a job is not in alignment with the reasons that have caused them to change the job in the first place. The top reasons for taking another job in 63% of the cases are a stronger career path and in 60% of the cases, a better compensation. So what happens, again, is that you get into a place where you don't feel you're adding value because you chose a new job because you got a higher salary. And you might, again, not have a boss that is interested in your personal development and that you don't necessarily like. And that is why setting standards and following them is so important. Something I talk about in the salary negotiation workshop in the summer member area. Of course, you can't go on changing jobs all the time, but you should have set your standards that you know what you need from a job and won't end up having unfulfilled needs. Money will not compensate for an asshole boss. What is the right amount of jobs to have in a lifetime? In a recent article of The Balanced Careers, I read that the average number of jobs in a lifetime is 12. According to a 219 Bureau of Labor Statistics survey of baby boomers, remarkably, the BLS survey revealed that women held almost as many jobs as, as men throughout their careers, despite taking more time of their careers for child-carrying activities. On average, men held 12.5 jobs and women held 12.1 jobs. If you switch your job every year, you will never really get a chance to even get started properly. On an average, onboarding takes six months, and an employee is at his best performance and fully productive after one to two years, depending on the position and responsibility level. So the average best time to be in a company is between four to six years. After around those four to six years, you can get blinded by routine. And we've all seen this. If you're in a place for 10, 15, 20 years, you just don't have the same amount of development like someone who was in two or three different jobs in that time. Your learning curve also decreases immensely. So let's look at the 10 crucial steps to follow if you are thinking about really quitting your job. And maybe this will give you a kick of thought for what you can what you can do and how you can make this decision. Now that we have a little background knowledge, we can dive into what steps you have to follow to be successful and what you are going to want to consider the next time you switch your job. 
So most often we get into situations because we feel like there is no other opportunity for us or we've been looking for a job for a long time and we just get excited to get hired. I get it. I've been there and I've done it. But still, it doesn't mean that you can't have standards and you will have to build those standards first and know what you are worth before they actually will start coming to you. Every future employer will take you more seriously if you have standards. It raises your value and it makes you more valuable. It's a win-win situation. By setting your standards, you make yourself happier and are more and are a more productive employee. If you know you are getting into a situation that will help you reach your personal career goals, you automatically give yourself a place to feel needed and being useful. And you will not have to worry about meeting your goals or being stressed out over deadlines and goals you have to reach because you will be happy to reach them because you knew what you were getting into in the first place. It's all about how you communicate those standards and how much work you're willing to put into it. It is your choice if you want to have high standards or not. You will want to have an awesome cover letter, a resume, an online presence, and put effort into getting that dream job that you want. And when you put that effort into and you're willing to put yourself out there and you say, hey, here I am, this is what I have to offer, and I put a lot of work into making myself awesome, then I expect that I have this and this and this and this, and I earn this much money so I can keep on staying awesome. Now, as I mentioned, you um, can find a lot of great workshops in the member area, and there's also a workbook and a video guide that show you how to create a great cover letter and an amazing resume and how to build your professional portfolio. So what are the basic standards you want to set for yourself and what do you want to pay close attention to when applying for a job, going for a job interview, and thinking about actually changing your career and quitting the job you're working in right now? Number one, choose the company and field you work for where you feel you're creating value. I don't know if you remember on How I Met Your Mother when Marshall starts working for the GNB, Goliath National Bank, instead of becoming an environmental lawyer. And so many of us have been in this situation, but when you have a chance to switch after a certain amount of time, then do. Don't get stuck at the Goliath National Bank forever. Number two, choose the boss you're working for, not only the company. Sometimes people take jobs without even knowing who they will be working for, who's going to be their direct manager, and who are they, who are they going to report to. Biggest mistake. Biggest mistake you can do. In my past years of interviewing, I've learned that many people only have one or two things that are important to them. Either they just care about the company and the benefits, and they don't really care about who they're going to be working with, and Honestly, that one hour is not even going to be enough to get to know to somebody, even if you meet your boss. You should always have the chance to talk with your potential boss more extensively before you get hired. Number three, pay attention to company culture and communication. There are no successful companies without a company culture. There are only unsuccessful companies without a culture. And you have to know what culture you're getting into. What family are you marrying here? It's like getting married. (laughs) And divorces are never fun. Number four, 
Be aware of your possibilities for self-development and ask. Starting a new job is exciting enough, and right this minute, you probably don't even want to think about any more education or self-development. But at one point, you will. And should make sure that you're getting into a company that has room for the kind of development that you need. That is also why it is so important to know what your current standard of knowledge and emotional intelligence is and what you want to achieve in the future. And also don't forget to ask. If you're in that interview situation, ask them. Ask them if they have a learning and development framework in place and if they will be willing to support you with your personal development. Number five, try to estimate the workload and if it is right for you. Now, this is a tricky one because we can never really know. But what you can do is research. Check platforms like Kununu and Glassdoor to see former and current employees' feedback. Number six, know and ask for a fair and realistic salary. Now, as we've learned, only changing your job for a higher salary will not make you happy. But only changing your job for status reasons will also not make you happy. And especially to my women out there, you have to ask for what you want to make. As mentioned, you can learn more about that in the member area in the Salary Negotiations Workshop. Number seven, know your benefits. We've talked about this in the section before, so I will not get into it in in too much detail. Important, though, to mention is that benefits are also very important to look at when you want to change your job. Number eight, be aware of the company's growth. If you get into a company that has 30% or more annual growth, you will automatically experience new challenges and will grow with your job and the company. But anything lower than 30% will not give you those options, and you will have to make sure that they can supplement that with good learning and development offers and promotion opportunities. Number nine, know who your colleagues will be. You won't be able to get to know the entire company during an interview, but as mentioned, you can do some research and find out what current employees say about the company and use LinkedIn to check what their background and experience is. What kind of people will you be working with? What did they study? What is their background? What are their skills? You will only learn and be able to further develop yourself if you have people that challenge you. And number 10, how will this affect your resume? It's not just about status, but you don't want to ruin your resume by going into a job you are overqualified for or that has nothing to do with your career development. And that is how we get to Kathy's question. Kathy says, I've been working in the insurance industry for the past 40 years. A couple of years ago, I lost my job as the head of customer service, and it was really hard for me to find a job, and I was forced to take another position as a customer service agent. I was not thrilled about the downgrade, but I was relieved that I found a job. I'm not unhappy with the work that I am doing, but I am also not sure if this is the right thing and what can I do. Hello, Kathy, and welcome to the Reach for More podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me today. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit more about your story? Hi, first of all, it's a major big honor to be here. I'm very happy about that. Um, Well, yeah, I worked for a company for a very long time, 
And all of a sudden, with all the changes that are happening in this world today, they thought of reorganizing and restructuring everything. And because of that, unfortunately, I lost my job. Now, I am at an age where me as a woman, it's not as easy. Like, okay, my kids are grown up, so it's not because can't go to work because I have small kids at home. It's just because the age, yes. So I know we don't ask women how old they are. Well, I'm 50 plus years old. That's awesome. <laughs> Amazing age. Isn't it the best ages? Those are the best ages because <laughs> truthfully, yes, you appreciate a lot of things. And all these topics that have been, um, that we're speaking about as of today, is very important, especially when when you reach this age and you're looking into it much more carefully and it's not just, oh, okay, I'm going to get another job. No, what is really good for me? Am I happy there? I don't want to change this job within the next six months again just because um, what kind of people do I have around me? Do they appreciate me? You know, and yes, you're going kind with a with a scary step. You're you're getting into it, but then again, you know all the values that you have, and all the educations, and all the working experience into this company, saying that oh, she is a very good employee. Yes, we want her. So let's look a little bit into that situation. How long were you hired at that company? How long were you the head of the customer service team? It was more than 15 years. Wow, it's a long time. That's a very long time, yes. <laughs> so, and then what happened? Was it the industry itself that was experiencing difficulties or was it just the company that was experiencing difficulties? Why did they, why did they decide to, to restructure and reorganize? Basically, they thought that we were too many people as of a group itself. Again, they wanted somebody who did the new educational program is and um, they kind of thought, okay, at this age, getting her to do all those courses that she would need might be a little bit too time consuming. And then with that, of course, having to go to those courses, you're not going to be in the office. So they were not really willing to give you any further education. They just pretty much laid off everybody that they thought would not be useful for the future. That's right. That's exactly what they did. Well, then you probably are happy that you don't work for that company anymore. Well, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so good that we just don't mention the company on the podcast. <laughs> no, we're not mentioning the company. <laughs> Think about the fact what is happening to women out there at this age, they don't consider and they don't know actually how hard it is finding a new job and all the efforts that you have to put in. I mean, that's what I just wanted to say. I think after, you know, 15 years being in a position can get blinded by routine as well. And after 15 years, you just don't really know anymore how do you create a cover letter? How do you create your online presence? What are the current standards? How do you get all of that done and create a resume? And especially also looking at yourself and redefining yourself and knowing who you are and where do I want to go? And I'm still going to have to work for the next 15 years. So what is my five-year plan? What is my 10-year plan? So how long did it take you after that to then find a new job? It took me actually more than two years. I was very, very at the end. I was very, very at the edge. I was extremely 
nervous about my whole financial situation. And um, yeah, it's very difficult, extremely. And there was just one no after the other. And getting your strengths together, calling them back. Excuse me, why are you saying that you don't want to hire me? What's the reason? And nobody could ever, ever give you a really good reason for it. So, I mean, now looking back, um, what do you think that you could have done differently when you started this whole journey of having to look for a new job? And what what did you follow? I mean, did you really take the time to redesign your cover letter, your resume? Did you redesign your online presence? Did you put time into actually looking at your background, at your future steps? Okay, well, yeah, with the resume, I really had to look into it again. When you're working, yeah, you're in a safe place, and yes, you get your salary on a monthly basis. Yes, you have all your colleagues that you like, but once in a while, go into the job um, pages just to look around what is out there. How many people are looking? How many people are they looking for? Is there anything else that would um, interest me? You know, don't lose the touch. That's very important. So, yeah, I think right now, you know, it was hard for you to get a job. And it always depends on what the industry is doing. You also just have to go with with that certain business flow. And I think it's great that you've come into a position that you like and that is good for you. You feel challenged enough currently. And I would definitely look at what your development options are within the company you are in if everything else is right for you. You know, if your salary and, and the culture, the people you're working with and your boss is is good and you actually feel good with what you're doing on a daily basis, then stick with that. But make sure to approach your your direct manager after six or nine months and make sure to ask what options you have for your for your personal development. That's the most important thing to always keep on going and never give up. And there's always great options out there. And if you love the company and you have a really great boss, then I'm sure they're going to make you be able to shine in an awesome way in that company as well. I'm sure too. Thank you. That's great. Good. <laughs> um, Kathy, thank you so, so much for joining me today. This was super interesting and I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy it Um, and for all of you guys thank you so much for tuning in I hope you have a great start of your week tomorrow Um, and let me know your thoughts on Facebook at Summer Talent Global and send your questions to office at summertalent.com and baby be my guest next week for summer membership, online courses, workshops, and mentorings, head over to summertalent.com and stay awesome, rock that career, and hear you soon.